Hello, everyone. Welcome to Friday. It is so good to be live with you guys. I'm Ivory Hecker, joined by Natalie Denise, fellow YouTuber, fellow truther, and independent journalist. Yes. So today we're going to share um, some of the crazy sound bites from Mark Zuckerberg about his collab with the FBI, which yeah. we all knew was happening to begin with. And right. To hear him talk about it now, you know, the truth is coming to life. And him debating whether to censor. Right. And, you know, I, I love the part where, like, I watched the clip and that he kind of he kind of seemed a little off put about it. Like, well, uh, you know, the, they, they did give us some information like they tipped us. But, you know, you feel like attacked. By yeah. Rogan. This all happened on Joe Rogan's podcast. I love how po- podcasters like Joe Rogan are becoming the real journalists now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a, in a way, I feel like Joe Rogan could have probed him a little bit further, like a little harder or whatever. He like he definitely goes after other, I guess, personalities or, you know, people who are influential. But there's certain ones where it's like he didn't really go after Jack Dorsey too hard. But now he's, you know, he's put in front of Mark Zuckerberg and he had a lot of opportunity to, you know, probe him far, further, but he didn't. So well, we're going to show but, you the sound bites directly, and you guys can decide on it. And we're also going to talk about other crazy technology that Zuckerberg is developing uh, for our future, which is going to be a virtual reality. You know, are we going to be living in physical reality or all virtual? Zuckerberg yeah. wants it to be wants our lives to be a video game. Um, and then Moderna suing Pfizer. How, how ironic! Mm. We're going to look at the Trump raid affidavit just released today, and then crazy video of a wild rabbit fox tracking this lady. <laughs> so a lot to get into. Uh, before we get into it, shout out to the sponsor of my coverage, which is the Backup Solar Bank. Uh, this it really comes in handy in tricky situations. There was a man who fell while hiking, and it was his dog that ultimately saved him. But if it wasn't for that dog, um, he could have died. If you have something like this, which is a massive battery that is uh powered through solar charging i have it right here literally i put this on the windowsill it instantly started charging on a cloudy day um really charges well lasts a long time it has a light attached to it it is incredible back up solar bank link down in my description for your 15 percent off discount code ivory 15 Check it out, the backup solar bank. Okay, guys, let's look at this first soundbite. Joe Rogan asking Zuckerberg about what went down with censoring the Hunter Biden laptop information. And and Zuckerberg opens up and says, yeah, he collabed with the FBI. Take a look. Like there was a lot of attention on Twitter during the election because of the Hunter Biden laptop story, the New York Post. Yeah, so you guys censored that as well? So we took a different path than Twitter. Um, I mean, basically, the background here is the FBI, I think, basically came to us, uh, some some folks on our team. It was like, hey, um, just so you know, like, you should be on high alert. There was, we, we thought that there was a lot of Russian propaganda in the 2016 election. We have it on notice that basically there's about to be some kind of dump of, of, um, uh, of uh, that's similar to that. Similar so to just, that. Be just be vigilant. So 
Our protocol is different from Twitter's. What Twitter did is they said you can't share this at all. Um, we didn't do that. What we do is we have um, if something is reported to us as potentially um, misinformation, important misinformation, we we also have third party fact checking program because we don't want to be deciding what's true and false. Oh, we don't want to be deciding what's true and false. Right, but you'll censor, you'll take down accounts, you'll you know you. Yeah, I we mean, just we rely on third-party fact checkers who are highly unbiased, right, and right. very journalistic, which we've all learned was quite false. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love I love that all of a sudden, you know, it kind of it does seem like the tables are turning. Like this whole administration has really, I think, this period has awakened a lot more people than before, and mm-hmm. so now it kind of seems like whoa, whoa, like it's kind of like focusing and putting on the spotlight on these people who were culpable for, you know, censorship and all that. And now it kind of seems like a cop-out. That's what I read from it. We come from a media history of, of like, I know that my nine years in corporate journalism, we trusted what law enforcement said as gospel. All law enforcement are the good guys. Uh, but anyway, so the next soundbite here of him with Rogan, uh, he talks about his strategy for suppressing certain news. For the, I think it was five or seven days when it was basically being um, being determined whether it was false, um, the distribution on Facebook was decreased, but people were still allowed to share it. So you could still share it. You could still consume it. So when you um, say the distribution has decreased, in it, it got shared. It, how does that work? It basically the ranking in newsfeed was a little bit less, so fewer people saw it than would have otherwise. So it definitely by what percentage? I, I don't know off the top of my head, but it's 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 meaningful. But I mean, but basically, a um, a lot of people were still able to share it. We got a lot of complaints that that was the case. Um, you know, obviously this is a hyper political issue. So depending on what side of the political spectrum you either think we didn't censor it enough or censored it way too much, but but we weren't sort of as black and white about it as, as Twitter. So literally, this information that turned out to be true about Biden's son's laptop gets Facebook just pushes any posts to the bottom. So you were allowing people to post, right? but you're going to have to scroll for infinity to find that post. So it's basically the same as not, not allowing them to post. It's shadow banning. Right. And where's the rectification for all of this, right? So they were able to get away with that. They were able to, you know, censor posts, push it down to the bottom, you know, alter the algorithms however they wanted to. But where, where, where do you rectify that, right? Do you not, like, so do you come out now and say, oops, like, we made a mistake. We should have allowed these posts? Exactly. Well, Rogan actually asked him this, asked him whether he regrets it. But take a look. We just kind of thought, hey, look, if, if the FBI, which you know, I still view as a legitimate institution in this country, it's a like very professional law enforcement, they come to us and tell us that we need to be on guard about something then I want to take that seriously. Did they specifically say you need to be on guard about that story? I, I, no, I, I don't remember if it was that specifically, but it was. It basically fit the pattern. 
when something like that turns out to be real, is there regret for not having it evenly distributed and for throttling the distribution of that story? What do you mean evenly distributed? I mean evenly in that it's not suppressed. It's not. Yeah, some- yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it sucks. It sucks. It sucks. Oops. See, that's what I mean. Like, uh oh, we we accidentally like altered the algorithm, suppressed your speech, and also altered, you know, possibly the perception of the incoming, you know, resident of the country. You know what I mean? So he pretty much he knew what he was doing. Yeah, and you just hope that he learned his lesson and that all media members learned their lesson about hiding certain information from the public. You know, when someone is trying to share information, why not let the receiver of that information decide whether it seems true or false? Right. Rather than you being the dictator. We we used to live in a free speech society, and it's clear we don't anymore partially because we have all together made Facebook the monopoly holder of a lot of information. Yeah. And again, you know, so my question now, you know, looking into the algorithms and the way that they format, the way that they code, you know, the way that speech is circulated now. So are they using this as a reflection to now henceforward fix that, right? So in the future, I personally don't think that we've seen everything of Hunter Biden. I think that it's been trickling from what I've seen. So in the future, are they going to allow future stories or future information through? I don't know. I guess that's going to be the best telltale sign if he truly is regretful and not just that it sucks. Exactly. (laughs) So his final soundbite about it sucking, here it is. I mean, because I mean, it turned out after the fact, I mean, the fact checkers looked into it. No one was able to say it was false, right? So, so basically, it had this period where it was getting less distribution. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I but I think like, I, I think it probably it sucks though. I think in the same way that probably having to go through like a criminal trial but being proven innocent in the end sucks. Like, it still sucks to have have like that you had to go through a criminal trial, but at the end you're free. Um, so it's. I, I don't know if the answer would have been don't do anything or don't have any process. I think the process was pretty reasonable. You know, it's we still let people share it, but but obviously you don't want situations like that. But certainly much more reasonable than Twitter stance, and it's probably also the case of armchair quarterbacking, right? Or at least Monday morning quarterbacking, I should say, because in the moment you had reason to believe, based on the FBI talking to you, that it wasn't real. And that there was going to be some propaganda. So what do you do? Yeah. And then if you just let it get out there and what if it changes the election and it turns out to be bullshit, that's a real problem. And I would imagine that those kind of decisions are the most difficult. Well, historically, prior to Facebook, it was the people who received information decided whether it seemed true or not. Right. Now Zuckerberg is deciding, well, the FBI tells me that the people are too stupid to decide on their own whether this is true. So we are going to hide this information from you guys. Right. And I'd love to know what he thinks about the recent raid on Mar-a-Lago, which we're going to get into. What he thinks now, henceforward, if they are an accredited agency, right? And I think that, you know, these these 
last minute bites to, you know, kind of save yourself are not really going to work by the court of public opinion. We still see what they're trying to do. We still see that as of recently, they delete groups, they delete posts. I mean, the algorithm is still active and enabled. So if they truly want to rectify the situation, they would do it. And I, I just don't see them doing it anytime soon. Absolutely. So Senator Ron Johnson uh, just came out this past week with information from FBI whistleblowers. Uh, apparently, a handful of FBI whistleblowers have been coming forward to uh, members of Congress. And these whistleblowers are telling Senator Ron Johnson, who, who went on Fox News to talk about it, that the FBI field office uh, in the Wilmington, Delaware area where that computer shop found Biden's laptop, FBI told their staff, do not touch it. Don't even look at the contents of Hunter Biden's oh, laptop. Yeah, yeah. And this was leading up to it, it, the Washington Post article that broke the story came out a couple weeks before the election. Mm-hmm. Apparently the laptop was found almost a year prior, but FBI purposely said, we're not going to touch this. We don't want to impact another election. But I think hiding it is kind of impacting. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, even post-election, the raid on Giuliani, Giuliani had a copy sitting on his, what, like his his table or something. And they pretty much raided everything of his personal items, but the laptop, which was like right there in plain view. So they definitely have their agenda. I mean, you know, if they really wanted to rectify this, I really have questions for Zuckerberg because he sees all this, I'm pretty sure. And I mean, without going into so much, he's also funded a lot of questionable things within the the last cheese selection. Um, you know, they they definitely funded a lot of, you know, and not NGOs, but like groups, political groups or social groups that have had their hand in their in their hands in the honeypot, right? So I don't know. I don't know that I particular. I think he's just trying to save his butt, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, uh, what was it? CBS Morning Show had him and his wife Zuckerberg and his wife on, mm-hmm. and it was just such a sweet interview. And they seem like such a sincere <laughs> couple. And you're just like, gosh, is he? Is he a good guy or a bad guy? Like when you see him down to earth. Mm. Um, but, you know, some, you know, it could be that he's just genuinely believes that the FBI is always well intentioned and he just wants to help them out. Yeah, <laughs> I feel pressure. I think his money speaks loud volumes, right? So, what, the, what I mentioned with him funding, you know, certain groups with, you know, the, the, they call it election integrity, which now kind of has a different meaning when it's coming from those people, you know, or that side, because it's like, why would you have to do so much to to mess with that or mess with those systems? Um, and, you know, the fact that there is always a leaning bias with Zuckerberg or Jack, Jack Dorsey kind of like faded into a shadow somewhere. We don't really see him or hear from him anymore. But Mark Zuckerberg is very much culpable for everything that happened to people, um, you know, with 
either curbing their ideology to, you know, suppressing information. So he definitely has a big role in what he did, you know, with, with that retrospectively. Uh, interesting. Yeah. So contents from the laptop hard drive published by the New York Post weeks before the 2020 election revealed then candidate Joe Biden lied about never speaking business with his son or with anyone else and actually stood to personally profit from foreign adversaries. Mm -hmm. So the information on that laptop actually had big implications for the election and the FBI interfered with information regarding who we are electing. And now a lot of Democrat voters have been red pilled because of it. Oh, absolutely. I have friends who were hardcore Democrats who are like, what did we do? <laughs> and they literally have like turned into Republicans. Yeah. It's insane. It, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, this is probably the best thing that could have happened. Like, we didn't foresee it before. Like, all we, and I say we, I mean, like, the Patriot Square that was, you know, pre, pre-inauguration, we were like, this sucks. We all know what happened and all this. But now yeah. this is, like, the best thing that could have happened because so many people are are waking up on their own because it's hitting them where it hurts. It's hitting them in their pocket, in the gas pump. I mean, you know, people are truly experiencing this, but more so when you, when you extrapolate one detail where it's like, you know, you, you lie to us about you wanting to change the economy or help us in this or that way. And then when they retrospectively look back at everything that they've been told, including Hunter Biden's laptop, now it's like, oh my gosh, now we've got to go down the entire rabbit hole of Hunter Biden and truly discern for ourselves what this family really is about, which is not, it's not a lot of good things. I can say that. Yeah. You know, um, I feel like the laptop story has been bogged down with a lot of BS about Hunter Biden, obviously being a porn and sex addict. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, everyone's like, well, okay. It sucks that Biden has a son with addictions and whatnot, but <laughs> what does that have to do with us? And that's been, you know, that's distracted from the fact that there were, it, you know, things regarding like funding bio labs. Right. Stuff like that. Right. So um, I don't know. The truth is trickling out. And regardless of, of all of that truth, people's pocketbooks are hurting right now. That's the biggest red pill for people is that, oh, yeah. wow, our, our lives are more miserable under Biden. And we have to pay $5 at the gas pump. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, so anyway, also in that Zuckerberg interview with Joe Rogan, we, I think we have an article for this uh, to show you guys. So he talked about the future of Meta, which is the new name for Facebook. Right. And the virtual reality implications. Um, I think, um, I don't know, video gamers... Are, have been well aware of virtual reality. Do you play video games? I don't, no. Me either. I, I, <laughs> I don't like video games, but a lot of people my age love video games. I'm too busy. I, I truly, <laughs> I, I, if I had some time, like I, I'm pretty sure I would play video games, but I just, I'm so, I'm so busy, I can't. So it's crazy. So this article, do we have this article? Um, so it's from The Verge. Uh, it says Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg has confirmed that Meta's next virtual reality headset will arrive in October, guys, two months from now, 
Zuckerberg made the comments on Rogan's podcast indicating the device, almost certainly the headset uh, codename Project Cambria, will likely launch around the company's annual Connect event. He said for the next device that's coming out in October, there's a few big features. The ability to now have kind of eye contact in virtual reality. Yeah. So if you're like gaming with people or I don't even know how this works. Is this through your Facebook profile where suddenly you're, you're not just writing on people's walls on Facebook like we did in 2007, but now it's you, you're in a video game environment with your Facebook friend. And when you look at their profile, your physical eyes are actually making eye contact. Ew! Physical eyes. <laughs> I don't um, want it. So the headset actually scans your face. He explained. Oh on, no! On Facebook, you. and uh, or he explained on uh, Zucker on a uh, Rogan show. Yeah. So that when you smile at your Facebook friend, <laughs> don't smile at me, guys. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> or how about the Facebook? Oh, you will physically. Oh, ew. No, they can keep that, dude. I don't don't want it. Uh, Look. (laughs) So because you have to create an avatar like this video game uh, persona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is good for people who hate their real lives. Have you ever seen the movie Ready Player One? No. Oh, you've got to watch Ready Player One. Oh, is it about this? Yeah. So Ready Player One, a lot of people think that it's like kind of some sort of predictive programming. Uh-huh. So I'll just give you a little synopsis. Uh, it, it It is indeed like people are literally dep- like they are uh, completely decreased of their lifestyle where nobody really owns property. They're all stacked up either in apartment complexes or high rises or whatever or the tra- like the trailer parks are actually like, like the Chinese during quarantine these entire past two years. Right. Like, so they're deprived of their entire lifestyle. Right. So the, the people are kind of encouraged to go through this AI game where their wow. friends and everybody around them are part of this game. And like most of this movie, a lot of people are just in the AI game and uh, they, that that's what they do. Like they're in different worlds and, you know, you're shared with different characters from different, you know, it's, it's, it's a mix. It's, it's a, I mean, it's a pretty enlightening movie because when you watch it, you're like, wow. Oh, this is I, what they're oh trying to. God. Yeah. I have to see this. Yes. It's really, it. I mean, I kind of, I like it's entertaining because it is sci-fi, but sci-fi is trying to play itself out in a real world. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the movie itself is pretty interesting because, you know, they kind of throw in a plot there, but yeah, I mean, when you look at all the details in the movie, you're like, oh, ready player one, this is what it, they're trying to do here. And, wow. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I like I played video games years ago. I literally have not played video games in so many years, but I've played Sims before. I guess I guess Sims Ooh. is still a thing. My little sister plays it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so this is like an advanced Sims where your yes. character is meeting people and actually your facial expressions are being conveyed in yeah. in real life. Yeah. Through your avatar as soon as you smile, your avatar smiles. Oh my gosh. As soon as you wink. That's so (laughs) crazy. I know it's so crazy, but for people who hate their real lives, this is like their second chance at life. (laughs) Like, Oh, I could never get in shape. I'm a fat slob. Well, now my avatar is ripped out of their minds. Yeah. You know, these fat guys, 
meeting all the hot chicks finally because my avatar has a six pack, even though I don't, Um, (laughs) and all these things. So I can see, you know, video games are very addictive. I can see how this will probably catch on like wildfire very soon. And Zuckerberg sees those dollar signs. And so he is leading the way in that. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, And everyone can live their dream life by easily designing that avatar life and their real life actually Mm -hmm. sucks. And so it's like, what does that actually mean for people's real life though? Right. And and it's a good point because, you know, we, we obviously see a lot of, um, you know, exploitation when it comes to the kiddos and muchachitos. Right. So like a Mm -hmm. lot of, a lot of the kids are on these like kind of in, what is it called? Interactive gaming, you know, uh, I guess apps or, or, you know, there's a lot of different apps like Roblox, Roblox, I think it's called, but a lot of, there's not a lot of corrective measure to it. So when we look at things like Instagram and Facebook, I mean, we have seen, this is in court. They are being, they are being accused of facilitating HT word, right? Human T word. For, uh, by by allowing the smugglers, the coyotes, and like, you know, just plain old people who want to exploit kids on the platform. Wow. Not only that, there's also CSA, which is child exploitation material. Uh, child, child, is it CSA? Child exploitation. It's like material, right? You guys get the point. But you would think there. They, I mean, think about it, Ivory. They are. Hiring developers, AI experts, algorithm developers, all these people, they have a whole team and an empire for this, but they can't combat that. Like they can't combat that first. Like you can't, you can't form an algorithm to, you know, uh, detect these, these types of material pieces on your platform. Exactly. You know, before you do all that, but no, like, it's like, it still exists. It's still rampant and children are still at risk. So I have a lot of questions and I'm, I have a very critical opinion about that, but you know, they're, but they're easily moving into this, this new era of AI and all this. It's like, guys, you got to fix a problem before you move forward. I'm sorry. But so, so that's one thing to consider when you're on these platforms, right? Because there are, I mean, there, there, it's, it doesn't get a lot of attention, but there are mothers who have a lot of concern with their children getting on these platforms because uh, I think it was, I think it actually was metaverse where there was a child and they entered into like a, a meta strip club or something. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, so how, how does that work? You know, what is, what is the, the rule book for that look like? Are you guys even thinking about that? So, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a whole other rabbit hole to think about, but yeah, these are things that parents future parents really need to think about with this i i initially as soon as i saw this about zuckerberg's plan i was like initially thinking like when i have kids am i gonna allow my kids to mess with this technology (laughs) and i was because i was i'm like i don't want to mess with it because i think this short life we have is so sacred and i think we really need to dive into this real physical life that we have Mm mm-hmm it's so fleeting and to live in this fake life on on a computer screen. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. creating some character that you were never physically able to uh, attain. There's something so sweet 
in coming to terms with yourself and being okay with who you are in your right. life mm-hmm. and, and dropping your fear in this physical life and actually accepting yourself and your surroundings yeah. and working through those. There's something so sweet about that. And so to run from that into a fake world on a computer screen uh, I don't think life will be as sweet and as fulfilling. Yeah. And I'm really, I'm really concerned for humanity on that. That uh, there is a cartoon about this guy. What's that cartoon? My viewers know this. I, I've tried. It starts with an E. There's a cartoon hmm. about all these people who basically lived this fake uh computer screen life and they're all these like fat blobs uh rolling around oh yeah on, like, it's a pixar are, movie um it, they're on these little like floating robot machines because they're too fat to walk is but it wally wally yeah it um, is wally and i was like that's our future and like when you come off of your video game are you gonna be okay with you sleeping with yourself at night yeah. You know, like, yeah. are you literally going to be okay with that? You can only escape for so long. And then when you go to bed at night, you know who you really are. And I'm just like, I want, when I, when I have kids, I want my kids to be okay with who they really <laughs> yeah, are. Yeah, I want they... them to face themselves in the mirror. But also think about that. Think, like, let's just hone in on that part. Like, why do they want you incapacitated and just in the AI game? <laughs> Why do they want your lifespan to, you know, what happens when you, when you let yourself just go, mm-hmm. right? And you're not, you're not active. Um, actually, there's a really, really good movie that is so underrated. It's called The Island. And oh, it, I love that movie too. I love that movie so much. Okay, Let's so think, watch it. <laughs> think about the island, right? With uh, yes. uh, so it's a it's Scarlett a movie. Johansson. Scarlett Johansson, Ewan McGregor. They star in this movie about it's about clones. It's a really interesting movie. I would I would really suggest you guys yeah. go back and watch it. Super underrated. But think about like there's a portion of the movie where they're talking about you know. Uh, they wanted to keep the clones in a vegetative state so that way they won't ever have to experience like fright or, you know, anything, you know, that, uh, ter- terrible to the human senses or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But they later discovered, of course, this is all fiction. This is science fiction in this movie. But the people who were hosting the insurance policies, which were the clones, mm-hmm. uh, and by the way, they were for the elite and all that, they discovered that oh, if we just let them go without having human experience, human emotions or anything like that, their organs fail. Wow. So like, it, I think like, again, it's it's a to- sort of predictive programming. Like when you look at these types of movies, because the like the islands for me, I'm like, I still go back to it. And I'm like, there's wow. so many little truth bombs in that. But wow. um, yeah, think about that. When you, when they're wanting you incapacitated, just in a screen and all that. What are they really trying to achieve here? You're easily taken over. The fall of Rome, you guys. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. You want to be agile and self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. We talk about being a survivalist on my show all the time. And yeah. you, you want to be able to make yourself ungovernable. Mm-hmm. Uh, meaning... You can sustain your own life. Nobody else helping you out. Yeah. Yikes. So you're not going to achieve that 
if you're living in no, you're Zuckerberg's <laughs> metaverse while being 500 pounds. Yeah, no, no, don't become a Wally. Don't become a Wally person. What are they called? Do they have names? Oh, uh, God, I got to watch that again. Me too. I actually it's love been, the movie Wally. It's yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's been a hot second. <laughs> Guys, the irony of Moderna suing Pfizer. Yikes. Let's talk about that. Yikes. Uh, Yahoo News report. I think we have an article on this too, guys. Uh, Yahoo News headline, Pfizer surprised by Moderna needle patent lawsuit. I call it the needle on my show, Natalie, because so now they're getting... they've been deleting all my videos when I talk about vaccines. Uh... <laughs> he said it. Oh, right. I just freaking said it. Say okay. poke in the arm. Uh... <laughs> it's, the, it's the Fauci ouchie. Oh, here it is. So uh, Pfizer is surprised, you guys. Here's the thing. Moderna, this article is actually hilarious, you guys. So Moderna said that they initially came up with the, the technology mm. for the ingredients in the needle, which, by the way, do we all know what's really in those ingredients? Right. Here, here's my hope for this lawsuit that the truth will come out. You know it will. They get so sloppy. <laughs> So here's the thing. Moderna said, look, we gave Pfizer a great grace period because we cared so much about human health. Oh, my God. That we we said, you know what? We know that Pfizer is infringing on our patent to begin with. We knew this in 2020. And we said, we are such great guys at Moderna that we care more about human health and allowing other people to infringe in our life-saving patent that we're going to allow Pfizer to just use our user pet. But now that we're in the post-pandemic phase, Moderna's yeah. coming out in this lawsuit now right. saying, we're post-pandemic now, and Pfizer has been ripping us off, stealing our patent this whole time. Now we're going to go after Pfizer. Of so course. So freaking sneak attack. Like, we, oh, we knew the whole time. Oh. And now we're going to come get you, Pfizer. Of now course. that lives have been saved. We allowed Pfizer to save lives. Now we're after you. And, and, and he, like, were they, were they, I guess, suppressing these emotions, the whole entire planpocalypse, you know what I mean? Like, were they secretly plotting this against each other? Yeah, planpocalypse is my, you know. I love it. So what I find interesting is what you said. Are they going to come out with more tea and more secrets that they suppress? Like, they, imagine, like, we already as a public, you know, we know what we know. Yeah. But once they come out with, uh, if they do, if they do uh, go through with it, it's not tossed out you know, discovery and the evidence and the emails (laughs) and, you know, the text messages, like how far will this investigation go in discovery where it's going to provide that additional context to what we all suspected. But I mean, this is all really, I mean, this this is the nature of the beast. They get greedy. They get, you know, they, they can't just be satisfied with everything that like that's the craziest thing. Yeah, everything that they've already well, siphoned. From I mean, society. Pfizer has kind of been the star of the show. Like, <laughs> you know, they're the first ones who got the FDA approval, sponsored by. You Pfizer. know, they're yeah, they're the ones who I don't know. They're they're the ones who've been like Israel. Israel yeah. only used the Pfizer needle. Why? Right. All entire these countries country. around the world, they were only using Pfizer. So they, Pfizer's been the star of the show, and mm. Moderna's like. Okay, we'll allow you guys to, to save lives, and then now we're gonna come grab. Of our course, money. 
you know, of course. You know, and the question whether these needles did save any lives or actually hurt lives is still up for debate. Right. But uh, Moderna, you know, their patent, uh, a lot of information about their patent on this mRNA technology is online, actually. You can go to Moderna's website. Mm-hmm. And um, that is actually how Emerald Robinson lost her job at Newsmax. Oh. <laughs> was by highlighting the mRNA technology. Um, I had Emerald on my uncensored show, ivoryhecker.com. Yeah. And Emerald talked about this. How it was a tweet she shared that that showed a video, a screen recording video of how you can go to Moderna's website, right. bring up the mRNA technology patent, mm-hmm. and see that this stuff that some people associate with Satanism is indeed in the patent duration. <laughs> and uh, she looped it in with the Book of Re- Revelation. Yeah. Religious, right. and then all hell broke loose, and everyone's like, "Newsmax, I can't believe you have a White House correspondent tweeting like this." And so Newsmax crumbled to the pressure, like all Yikes. of the media do. Not a good look, Newsmax. Right, and so Newsmax is compromised, just like Fox and all of them, and that's right. why I left. And now Emerald and I. We see eye to eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have similar experiences. Yeah. I'm like, well, some gossip site said that that Ivory is compromised. Uh, oh, so my gosh. In Fox, are you going to punish her or what? <laughs> yeah, that's what they're saying. They're like, Newsmax, are you going to punish Emerald? And, uh, uh, of course. You know, and so Fox went ahead and punished me when I all I did was report straight news. Right, right, right. And that's when I was like. I'm out and I'm putting you on blast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So, for sure. Well, uh, you know, back to the, the whole lawsuit, I kind of feel like this is going to be, have you ever, okay, I, I know I watch a lot of, I watch a lot of stuff, guys. <laughs> There's this, but it's a really great show. It's called Dope Sick. Have you seen that? No. It's on Hulu. I've never, I've never seen it. Okay, so it stars Mark, uh, uh, what is his name? Keaton, Michael Keaton. Batman from Tim Burton oh. movie. Yeah, Michael Keaton, he's, he stars in this series. And I was actually surprised. I was actually surprised that they were showing this on Hulu because um, it pretty much story tells the entire, you know, um, the entire scandal of the pharmaceutical industry and how... What? Yeah. Send me the link. I this. will. It's... Oh, my gosh, guys. You will binge through this entire oh series, but it's really, really good. But they, that's what they do. They illustrate the scandal and the nepotism of the pharmaceutical industry, at least with... Um, gosh, there was there was a... It was a specific op- opioid drug, but that's... It actually wow. covers the origination, the, the, the ori- origination of the opioid crisis in America. Wow. I couldn't believe it was on Hulu. I, I'm going to be honest with you. Like as a, you know, truther and someone who's more alternative, I'm like, I really can't believe they're actually showing this on Hulu, but it's oh a really, goodness. it's a really, really great series, but that's what it reminds me of. Wow. That's yeah. insane. Okay. So we have a couple of highlighted uh paragraphs from this article on the lawsuit Moderna versus Pfizer it says the company also claims Pfizer and BioNTech copied the technology used to deliver the needle formula into arms so that the body does not attack it as a foreign intruder (laughs) okay Pfizer copied hidden technology so that my body doesn't attack 
a liquid going into my arm. I would like to know that information too. If it's going mm-hmm. into my arm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. let's release all of that proprietary information. Right. Pfizer got a hold of. So bring this lawsuit on, you guys. Yeah, bring it I on. Know. Bring it on. Not we're technology. gonna we're gonna pour another glass and just watch it. <laughs> you know, like in Reg- the movie Mean Girls when Regina Georges is watching people, you know, tear each other apart. That's what I want to be like. I just want to be on the steps watching Moderna and Pfizer go at it at each other. <laughs> Um, It says Moderna's chief legal officer, Shannon Time Killinger, 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 (laughs) said in a statement that, quote, uh, it expects Pfizer and BioNTech to compensate Moderna for for commodities ongoing use of Moderna's patented technologies. And they're only looking for compensation since May, you know, they're, they're, they're they're being gracious about the previous year, right? When we were mid pandemic, but if you guys are going to continue to infringe on our proprietary information post pandemic, then we're going to money grab you. Of course. I, you know, the part that, that really uh, gets me, (laughs) it says Pfizer and its biotech partner BioNTech say they were caught off guard by the I'm appalled. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Let, let, let it, it, this is like a whole entire other, it's like a fight within the Capitol at the Hunger Games, dude. Like all these elitist people like fighting with each other. It's funny. It really Um, is. I'm happy to see it. It is. Yeah. So, so we shall see how this all goes down. You guys, uh, it's not the first time that Pfizer's been in hot water. They, uh, so the Justice Department came after Pfizer back in, um, I guess this is 2009. Hmm. They had to pay $2.3 billion for fraudulent marketing. <laughs> um, they, so they created I'm this anti-inflammatory you. drug called uh, Bextra. And they, they, were, they lied mm-hmm. in their marketing. Mm-hmm. Is Pfizer lying in their marketing again? Mm-hmm. Of course, there. <laughs> of course. I mean, all the countless lawsuits that they faced, all of the fines or the settlements, they've had to actually expend. The, like the, Pfizer, the, the, the characters didn't change overnight. Of course, of course, they did the same stuff over and over again because they're lazy. They can't even think of. I mean, like, do I have to teach you how to be a villain? Like, change your stuff. <laughs> Watch DC movies. You know what I mean? Like. They, they 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 are so lazy they have to retract back to their old roadmap like they couldn't even reinvent the wheel they had to go back to the old way like their old ways of doing things like of course they did that of course they they did the same thing that they got in trouble for but they don't want to lose a new two, another 2 billion <laughs> except they only what did they make like 100 billion this past year up from like 40 billion i forget the exact numbers but they since the pandemic started, mm-hmm. Pfizer's revenue just absolutely exploded. Mm-hmm. And you wonder why, but, you know, the mainstream media and the Biden administration got their blinders on. And, he, you know, even the Trump administration, Trump was, you know, he initiated Operation Warp Speed. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, Pfizer, Pfizer is kind of living without fear. We'll throw you another two billion as long as we can keep ninety eight billion of it. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? This is what I mean. Like, 
okay. Like, and, and here's the thing, like they're going to expend their own, you know, money on this lawsuit and the legal fees and the court fees and all that. It's like by the court of public opinion, like let us see all of the details. Like, I'm re- like I'm ready to see all of the details. I'm telling you, it's going to be another. I, I promise you, it's going to be another series of dope sick. Uh, one day, it's it, going to be like, a great one. Informed and uh, informed consent. I thought that was the law. Yeah, to begin with, absolutely. Yeah, but of course, they use the plan apocalypse as a reason to disclose or uh, you know not disclose certain pieces of information to us, the public, because they're looking out for our best interest, right? You you've got these higher elitist echelons of you know whatever departments that are like deciding our health measures and whatever we want to do with our own bodies. So why question that, right? So the, 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 that's what it, what it boils down to. That's going to be their excuse. Well, we were just looking out for the, you know, the greater of, of humankind. So whatever. Like, that's why we made the decision we did. But bring on the lawsuit. I want to see, <laughs> I yeah, see the let's details. See, let's see how this plays <laughs> out, you guys. All right. We're gonna, I see all your comments coming. We're going to check those in a bit. But, um, okay, let's look at them right now. Let's see the details they're saying. Yeah. Okay. JJ directing. Click on some of these comments, JJ. Um, this comment section will probably get deleted by by YouTube again. Every time I talk about the needle on YouTube, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. my comment section, YouTube deletes it because they're say- my comment section says all the trigger words. So it's so funny. Um, okay, Fred says, uh, was created to distract from Electric Universe Theory, which powers all USA classified travel. Self-contained plasma fusion. Are those words that YouTube's going to delete? Oh, we'll see. <laughs> That's the thing with YouTube lives. We'll, we'll see if this video gets deleted. I'm trying to process that comment. <laughs> YouTube has I, a three strikes and you're out policy, which is what scares me. Oh, like, yeah, yeah it's of, true. There was this one period where YouTube deleted deleted three of my videos at once. Whoa. That's, I mean, that is a death. Yes, cut. that's a death blow. But magically, YouTube had grace on me. They gave me, they deleted three videos for one strike. Like they, normally it's a one strike per video. <laughs> and for some reason... They only gave me one strike while deleting all these videos. And I was like, you God like, have mercy on me. They've done that to mine and they, they uh, elude community guidelines. Right. So they, when they do they it. Always, yeah. They always say, oh, I've reviolated community guidelines. And, and this is so not a strike. I fought back and yeah. I said, you know, I always write back and say, no, I didn't. I'm a journalist and yeah. this is actual factual information and here's how. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, usually that doesn't work. One time it, when I was highlighting what happens in China during the pandemic, mm-hmm. like literally dot, like if a Chinese person who owns a dog catches the illness in the pandemic, mm. the Chinese government exterminates the dog, Ugh. Um, usually by beating the dog to death. That and there's my video. heart. It's the most horrific thing. And just to show... Like, and this is, you know, just to show what actually happens. That's what I hate about being a journalist. You have to actually show people. No, this is reality. Like, I hate to show you, but this is what's happening to an innocent dog and its owner. Would you rather 
not know about it and then injustice continues in secret or right. uh, you know i have to show people so they know what's happening but yeah. like my viewers got mad at me for showing that and then youtube censored the video and i was and i was like youtube this is reality you need to let journalism occur and youtube actually uh, relented and said oh you're right ivory we'll bring it back on with like an age restriction so they brought that video back. Maybe that's why they had mercy on me. Mm. They brought that one back, but they deleted like two others. Right. Including a January 6th person, my interview with the January 6th. You see, these January 6th people are not allowed to have a voice. You know? Right. No. You can't, right? You know, yeah. historically, Crazy. you know, Barbara Walters used to go to prison. Mm-hmm. She would interview murderers serving a life sentence in prison, and that was allowed on ABC News. But now that we're in the 21st century, uh-huh. anyone charged and not even convicted yet does not—they're not allowed to have a voice. Yeah, I know, I know. And these are very sensitive POWs, right? And I would call them POWs, or you know, political. Yeah, because you know, this is an ideological war. Like these people don't straight like up. think about like the way that the, why are they incarcerated the way that they are? That like, it doesn't make sense to me, right? There are people mm-hmm. who are on the street, like in Houston, our own city council are reforming bail to let. The most, the worst of the worst of our Houstonian society back onto the streets. Like, oh, yeah. You know what I That's mean? Been a huge problem. Yeah. And this actually started, you know, Houston, where we live right now, it's the, it's the third most populous county in America. I think they're like the fourth biggest city in America mm-hmm. at this point. I mm-hmm. mean, Houston is growing rapidly, rapidly, probably because we're close to the southern border. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, it was the race between Ted Cruz and Beto O'Rourke that helped, oddly enough, helped create the justice system in Houston that is allowing murderers straight back out on the oh, streets. Of course. So when, what was, I think it was, was it 2018 that Ted Cruz had to come back up for re-election Mm. And um, Beto O'Rourke wanted to be senator in Texas. Yes, that's and everyone's correct. Like, haha, that's not going to happen. Yeah, right. Well, the Democrat Party was determined. Uh, you know, Beto is their poster child, mm-hmm. and so Beto O'Rourke out fundraised like everyone. Like uh-huh. he received more donations than Ted Cruz, and Houston, like all metropolitans, is blue. It's yeah. a blue city. And yeah. so uh, in the city of Houston alone, voters came out in droves. All that Beto fundraising worked in the tiny little uh, sheltered area that is the blue city of Houston in a giant red state. And so <clears throat> voters, it, at the time, the voting machines were set up mm-hmm. for party line voting. You click, I just want to vote all Democrat. Or I just want to vote all. Yeah, Republican. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so this is what happened: was all the advertisement for Beto actually worked to brainwash the Houston residents to go vote for Beto over Ted Cruz, and so they all went in and hit party line blue for Beto. Mm-hmm. They ended up auto electing radical leftist yeah, judges, yeah, yeah. local district yeah. judges, deciding yeah. whether criminals go back out on the streets. People not even with a background or an understanding on crime. Right. 
who said, Ooh, I, I like the idea of being in power. Yeah. And, you know, maybe taking back some black power. I'm going to go in there and say, screw you establishment for locking up black people. I don't care if he mur- murdered 10 person. He's 10 people. He's black. I'm going to leave him, put him back out on the streets. And so that's what has happened. These radical judges got auto elected by these people fighting to elect Beto. But here's the thing. Houston is only a small part of the giant red state of Texas. Right. That was all voting Beto versus Ted Cruz. So you guess what happens? Ted Cruz ended up winning that election, but all the party line voters in Houston ended up losing their guy Beto, but just by default electing these radical judges. Radical judges, judges. yeah. And now we have had a rampant crime problem in oh, Houston, and I know we're not the only city like that. Yeah, I know. I know. I mean, there, there's a lot more rabbit holes uh, in Houston. Uh, you know, there, I have a really good friend. Her name is Marissa, and she does a lot of great Houston digs, but she, she has been on the city council. For instance, Hidalgo is like, you know, if you're if you guys are in Houston, like you guys judge, know, yeah, which is code word for the county executive. She's like the right. dictator of this county. And you see her more than you do the mayor. You yeah. see her more prominent than the mayor. And the thing is, like, uh, alongside with all of this, like, you know, you you have um, the money that is funneling into these particular individuals, which all ties back to George Iflaps. You know what I mean? Like George Iflaps funds a lot. <laughs> George Soros. Oh my goodness. <laughs> he said it. Are we not allowed to say it? I, I don't say YouTube? it. I personally don't say it on my YouTube. I say oh, George Iflaps. Oh, Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. YouTube yeah. videos deleted. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, Pray for my YouTube, you guys. <laughs> but... I mean, you really have to look at like all of these groups that are funded by George right. Iflaps. You know what I mean? Like the uh, rights for what uh, it writes for the A procedure, whatever you know, the the womanly A procedure, whatever. Oh, rights abortion? for yes. Can and we not say that? I'm no, YouTube. you can't say that. Natalie's been YouTube <laughs> longer than me. Like she knows all the words. <laughs> you oh, can't say but, that. I didn't know. <laughs> Abortion was the same ah! topic. <laughs> YouTube gods, are, you. I may or may not be pro mm. or anti. <laughs> yeah, you don't know. But yeah, I mean, like, he funds a lot of these groups, and that's how they've been so effective in our society because they are so loaded and funded. Wow. And more importantly, active. Yeah. So you have all of these different ideologies that have a group that supports them, mm-hmm. right? So when you're running for, you know, uh, Beto, if you're Beto running for Texas, who who recently donated to his campaign? I flaps. Was it? Because he just yeah. announced the other day. Oh my! I've out. Because now, guys, if you didn't know, here in Texas, Beto has not given up. He lost uh, horribly against Senator Ted Cruz. Now he's running for governor against. Greg Abbott. Gosh. And uh, he's confident he's going to win again. He's as confident as he was when he lost against the Cruz. <laughs> and he just announced that he has out-fundraised, apparently, Greg Abbott. No. He's out-fundraised everybody. Well, I mean, and see, here's the thing, too. What's interesting is, like, I, I'll say that, like, Abbott, yeah, right? But we have to do what we have to do. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I lost my respect for Abbott when he crumbled under the pressure to be tyrannical in 2020. Yeah. I mean, I just see a lot. I think, I think like the border has really changed my perspective a lot, you know, with, with Texas oh. and, um, the, what Abbott's really doing. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, you see, you've seen all the red primary candidates, you know, um, Huff finds and, uh, Ooh, I'm forgetting a name here. Uh, West, West, Alan West. Right. Oh, yeah. And they all campaigned, um, uh, and Chad Prather as well. Like they campaigned based on like what they would do for Texas, what they would do for the protection of our state. And there is, there is something that we could do, which I am so confused as to why we haven't done it before, but we can actually go back to the Texas constitution and recede from the U S constitution for a period. Did you know that? Like we Wait, could actually, allowed right now? we, we can do we that, can. but the governor has to declare an invasion. Like there oh, has to wow. be a form of disaster, which, um, oh, wow. cause I know there's legislation been introduced in the state of Texas to secede. Yeah, become to our, own nation. our own nation, but we actually do have uh, some form of uh, it's ancient law. I mean, it's not ancient, but it is uh, origin original legislation that gives us the power to actually, you know, enact the Texas Constitution over the U.S. Constitution in the scenario of an invasion. Wow, and. I mean, I'm not, you know, I, you know, I, I'm very careful about my words, but you're, you are seeing a lot of different people coming over our border who are not being vetted or not being yeah. screened. And they do have like the one, the subset samples that are being, you know, pulled for screening. You're seeing these, these criminal histories on them. And so it's like, yeah. you know, there's that. And then you have a T list, like a T a T person list, the people who have committed horrific acts against, uh, or ha- have plans against a country and how to terrorize a country. Oh so my you, word! So you have a T list, right? So there have been right. There were suspects. dozens of mm-hmm. of terrorists, yes, or people who were on terrorist lot watch list, one hundred percent, who were captured by Customs and Border Protection. Last year, right since, since Biden became president, right. But how many of them were not captured by customs? Exactly my point. So know. you have those people, right? And they might not be every single person because I, you know, being on the border, I've definitely seen people who are genuinely seeking asylum from Cuba or from Venezuela. Like you know, they they have genuine cases, and I totally understand. I'm like, I I understand mm-hmm. your scenario. But for all the other ones, like coming from all of these foreign countries that and people who could be on the T list, you're like, how, how are we even like screening or deciphering between people who are coming over? How do we know who's coming into our country? So even with a minimal T list of people who are on this list and they're crossing back over into our, our state, it's like we already have a case for invasion because at the very least – these people have been identified by the agencies we had talked about earlier in this cast, mm-hmm. right? They have been identified by these agencies. So now that they're identified, they're crossing into here. Don't we have a case for, you know, invasion that they might try something here? So, you know, th- that's, that's a whole concern. So bringing it all back to the Texas conversation, 
like we have full we have full leverage to enact the Texas Constitution in which we would have our own um you know our own servicemen you know enact the proper protocols to combat this and it's not why if the governor just has to give the word we're being invaded that's the thing that's the thing that's a scary move because <laughs> the you know the confederate states tried doing that and then they were hit with civil war mm-hmm. which i you know, in that case, Ooh. I agree. I'm a hardcore Yankee. I'm from the North, and I'm like, screw the Confederate state for seceding. Um, okay, yeah. Woo, we have flown past the limit. All right, we have a super chat. Let's check it out. Uh, JJ, wanna, oh, it's not, we'll read that one, too. What's your definition of an invasion? You know, the left likes to redefine words to fit their narrative. Um, and an invasion is when uh, millions of foreign nationals pour across our border and end up raping and murdering our citizens. And that is in fact what has happened uh, in, in as you and I went back down to the border ourselves, you and I were on the border. Um, You can scroll back in both of our YouTubes to see our coverage of the border. And um, when I first went to the border, I documented how Border Patrol was picking these people up in white uh, school buses. Mm-hmm. They take school buses, paint them white, and they uh, drive them to Catholic Charities. Catholic Charities prints out plane tickets mm-hmm. funded by the Biden administration and gets a taxi. I filmed all this. They get a taxi for the migrants send them off to the airport Mm -hmm. and the migrants fly into States across the nation. Uh, The pictures I took were of like the state of Maryland. I forget which all States you can scroll back. Actually, that was an exclusive report I did for Timcast. If you guys want to look on Timcast.com for that. Um, So it is, it's not just an invasion of Texas, but of the United States because they jump on the airport and, and head out to the rest of, of the country. Yeah. Okay. Well, click on this green super chat, JJ. We got JJ same. directing. That was the same. Oh, that was it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Thanks for the super chat. Uh, we appreciate it. Um, JJ, can you scroll through and see if there's any other super chats? Um, we were supposed to get to the Trump uh, affidavit. Here's the thing. Oh, yeah. I the, want to see that. The uh, so the Justice Department, so the judge gave the okay to release a redacted affidavit. Uh, it is 30-something pages. And uh, in regards to the reasons for that raid on Trump's home. And, I mean, I'll just read, like, the first line. The affidavit says the government is conducting criminal criminal investigation concerning the improper <laughs> removal and storage of classified information in unauthorized spaces, oh, as well gosh. as the unlawful concealment and removal of government records. So here's the thing. Uh, they say that the National Archives um, first approached the Justice Department and said, hey, Trump is... Um, holding these documents he's not supposed to um he gave us back 15 boxes of them a few months ago and we determined that in those boxes there was highly classified information we feel like he's holding more information so you guys should do a raid and so the justice department did that i mean this is what the affidavit is saying um you know it's been 
way more than a year since since Trump left office, right? Yeah. And so if these were such seriously classified information, I mean, the rumor from Washington Post on, you know, unspecified source, anonymous source, right? You know, there may or may not be uh, in regards to weapons, may or may not be in regards to nuclear codes. Oh my codes. gosh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they, Washington course. Post put out a rumor piece about this. And Trump was writing on True Social Day, witch hunt, you know, he's saying there's there's no there there. And even in this 30-something page document, he's saying there's no mention of nuclear anything. Um, but, you know, here's the thing. I, I, I don't know, but here's the every person who has been president has had the access to those nuclear codes, whether mm-hmm. or not they actually took boxes of documents in regards to nuclear codes home with them. I mean, you can just snap a picture of that information on your, on your smartphone. Right. Nowadays, but, or just retain it in your head. Every president who's left office has left office with the knowledge of highly classified information that they were able to see prior to being in office. But anyway, if he had those documents in his possession and, it, and they were so concerning, why did it take this long I feel like this is mm-hmm. a last ditch effort to raid raid his home to try to find some sort of dirt in regards to sedition. They want to nail him for sedition. They know he's planning to run for re-election. His hints for that have been huge. Right. I mean, he's basically announced it already without officially announcing it. Yeah. I mean, he was golfing and someone said, hey, there's a 45th president. And he says, 45th and 47th. You know, so he's made it very clear uh, his plans and and Democrats are desperate because they know how unpopular Biden is and they know how much of a cult following Trump still has. Right. And they know how many Democrats have been red pilled and they know people like my personal best friends from years ago who've been hardcore Democrats have suddenly said, what was I thinking? Hating Trump. I don't even know why I hated Trump. I was just brainwashed. I voted for Biden and now Biden's ruining my bank account, yeah. you know? And so they're aware, the people, the Democrats in power right now are aware that their power is so fragile right now. Yeah. They know. Yeah. They know in their heart of hearts about the legitimacy of that last election, okay? They know in their heart of hearts, regardless of what the narrative says, regardless of what we're allowed to say on YouTube. Um, and so they are desperate in regards to finding something to pin on Trump to prevent him from running for re-election. Here's what they have found is the 14th Amendment says that if someone has been caught for basically for sedition, Uh for trying to commit an insurrection, if if they've been uh, convicted of that, they can no longer run for any office. So if they can get them, if they can get Trump on this 14th Amendment clause, they can prevent him from running for re-election. Mm-hmm. I think that's what this raid on his home is really all about. Right, right. And so, you know, also to that, you know, um, they formed an entire committee for this, right? The J6 right. Com- committee. They, they've been trying their hardest to the point where nobody's paying attention to this anymore. Like, I, I personally, I, I find it boring. We all know, like, 
what their agendas are, what they're lying about. Like we know that. So they hired an ABC news producer to try to make these hearings exciting primetime information because it was about swaying the vote, you know. Right. And I've never, and I, and I haven't personally seen any of any of these productions of ABAC or found it interesting mm-hmm. as, as well as a lot of other, you know, people. And so, you know, what's interesting to me is, you know, and I, I will mention it, it's not a conspiracy theory. It's not anything that I'm making up or speculating on, but the signing judge that actually signed for the warrant to be approved, Mayor Garland said, um, I did it, you know, I'm the one who approved all this when it's like, dude, BS, dude, you had to go through somebody in Florida to yeah. rain Mar-a-Lago. So the signing per- the signing magistrate was actually, um, Reinhardt. Uh, yes, Bruce Reinhardt and Bruce Reinhardt represented, uh, actually he stepped away from a U.S. attorney position, a very noble position in Florida to step away he stepped away he's like i'm stepping down blah, blah, blah. the day after hey i'm representing jeff e's you know employees right, right. sarah kellen nadia marchinko like marchinkova or and whatever the pilots yeah. and the pilots right so he stepped away from all of that so i'm i'm sitting over here like i guess in my conspiratorial mind sorry like i, I am <laughs> speculating on all this but i'm like how much do we need to speculate on uh, speculate on until it actually becomes like okay this is illustrated right in front of our faces like this is there is a portion to why you want trump to be persecuted for something that isn't really i mean it in my personal opinion it just isn't enough for you to really go and raid somebody's private residence right so um, you know, when you when you get to know each person that he actually represented in the past, you're just kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> okay, you were really close. Yeah, once he left that position and, and started representing those people, he also became a pundit. He was a uh, Newsmax contributor for a while. And he became very uh, vocal about his political views as a TV personality. Now mm-hmm. he started writing all over Facebook about how he hated Trump. Interesting. Then, you know, then he had to shut that down once he went into this magistrate judge position. But he made it very clear he's a huge anti-Trumper, so of course he's the judge to sign off on this. But let's right. face it, there judge there's radical judges across the nation who would gladly sign off on that themselves. We got another super right. chat. Let's check it out. Uh, Oh, thank you so much. Greatness for another super chat. You said, quote, Trump uh, figured out who the informant is. Thanks to the affidavit. Trump set up the Justice Department. Why wasn't Hillary and Hunter raided? Well, you know, the FBI did uh, take boxes of evidence from Hillary Clinton's house. Right. As well. Um, but Hillary has never faced any punishment for, uh, deleting, hiding evidence. She was given a heads up and deleted uh, immense amounts of evidence. So yeah, but Hunter, Hunter hasn't been raided. He's been going on vacations with his dad instead. However, he's still under tax probe. He is still under investigation at this very moment. So and the tax probe, you you know, you're going through intricate line items of finance, you know, finances, transactions, paper trail, and all that. Mm. And some even say, like some legal scholars say, that a, 
a, a tax probe is more intricate than it would be a crime probe. Mm-hmm. So because and, and what do they all say? Like follow the money, like mm-hmm. fo- yeah. trace the money. So that's exactly what a tax probe is. You're looking at very intricate transactions. Ooh. And what has already come to this public surface where, you know, you have seen uh, financial financial uh, implications of him doing deals with foreign individuals and uh, <laughs> right. Like, you know, so, so there's that. And then there's some indiscriminate things that he's has also done that points to him, you know, also find uh, being financed or not him particularly, but his father get cash apping him. I don't know if it's cash app, but, <laughs> but he gave him money, right? He gave him money, some form, like some form of uh, some cash vessel. And um, that has indiscriminately funded his lifestyle with what was recently leaked with the iPhone, which I won't mention the details. Oh, but... that was so gross to see you guys. Yeah, yeah. And like, it's like, do you have a film crew with you? Like everywhere you go, you know what I mean? You're filming absolutely everything. But back to it. His father actually financed a lot of this, even if he didn't know about it. And that that's the controversy that a lot of people don't know about mm. or don't know to uh, be assiduous to is that he actually did have his lifestyle, especially the things we've recently seen, the nasty stuff. Like he's had his lifestyle funded by his father, whether or not he knew about it. Wow. And so, you know, that that's the thing, like him being under tax probe. I'm just, I'm amazed, honestly. I'm like, honestly amazed that Hunter keeps doing what he's doing and he has the antics that he has because it's like, do you not know that that you're under a probe? But also too, that it's like, why are you so lax about your lifestyle? You know what I mean? Like, why are you so relaxed about what you're doing and you're filming it and all that? Is it that you know that they don't care? Or the is entire it- establishment's on their side. Probably so. We'll and, see. You know, the Facebook censor bots are on their side too. Right. Exactly. Um, okay. So we've gone way past the, si- the time to finish this out. <laughs> I, I promised you this crazy video of the Fox attack, you guys. This is Ithaca, New York. This woman is out in her yard having a lovely cell phone conversation with a friend when the, t- the Fox just trots on up and does this. Oh. Oh my gosh, this fox is crazy. <laughs> you guys, uh, apparently the fox was rabbit. It, it turned, it tested for rabies, tried to attack someone else. Um, they were able to catch the fox. It did test positive for rabies. Um, it was a CBS meteorologist who said, this is my cousin who was attacked. She's okay. She went to the hospital and she's doing all right. But you see the man came in to defend uh, this is absolutely nuts. Apparently rabies, you know, when an animal catches rabies, it makes them more aggressive. Really? And this happens to, uh, foxes and skunks a lot and bats. Yikes. Uh, but it can't, rabies can spread to humans, um, as well as your pets. So they, at CBS covered this since it was their CBS meteorologist who was like, yeah, it's my cousin. Um, and, and so, uh, so CBS finished by saying, guys, give your, give, give your dogs the needle. Yeah. 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 Rabies. The needle for rabies. rabies. We even to have to talk sure about that dogs. your dog does not maul you when oh, it catches my rabies gosh. from a fox. Right. 
I, you guys here in Texas, people adopt foxes as pets. Mm -hmm. It's actually like a high falutin thing to do. Mm -hmm. And I, and raccoons too. What? Yeah. Raccoons as well. So I was, I saw a picture of someone's pet fox and fell in love. And I was like, I'm going to adopt a pet fox. I didn't realize they were like $15,000 to adopt. But now I'm, I'm like, questioning whether I want to do that <laughs> because last thing I want is to be like viciously attacked viciously attacked like, well just trots on up and just goes I guess that's if they come in contact with another fellow you know rabid aminal uh, and aminal animal <laughs> you know what I mean like but at the first like when I saw that video I'm like I identify as a rabid fox <laughs> I identify as a rabbit fox, everybody. That's my personality. My spirit animal is a rabbit fox. I'm a rabbit fox. I think everybody needs rabbit fox, Um, uh, you know, type of of t-shirts or something. But, you know, I I, I saw that. And I kind of, like, as an animal lover, I'm like, oh, no. Like, what happened to you? You know? And and it is unfortunate. But, like, like, if everybody could pictured themselves in that scenario like what would you do i probably do the same thing that lady did like get the hell off me <laughs> yeah it's like you know thing was aggressive <laughs> anyway um watch out for foxes you guys um thank you so much for tuning into truth bombs it has been awesome having natalie denise on i linked her youtube down below she does some great in-depth explorations of things uh mainstream media won't dare to touch because yeah. it's too conspiratorial but yeah it's, it's exploring your questions so check out natalie's page and uh we'll see you next time on truth Bomb. and thank you for having me thank you guys yay high five oh. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye guys <laughs>